It's not always the big things that change the world. It's the small acts of kindness that happen repeatedly over a lifetime that make the world a better place. So every week we share a story of someone like you who is doing good in the world in their own way. Welcome to Doing Good with Carmen Herbert. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Doing Good. I am your host, Carmen Herbert, and I'm so excited to be talking to one of my dear friends, Whitney Perman from Mercy River. Whitney, thank you so much for coming on Doing Good today. Thank you, Carmen. I'm happy to be here. I am so excited to be talking with you. So for those of you who don't know Whitney, she has been a professional singer, songwriter, recording artist, and performer in the popular recording trio Mercy River for over 13 years. So while at BYU-Idaho, she was cast as a member of Showtime Company and also founded the musical group From the Heart, which continues to be a popular ensemble to this day. At BYU in Provo, she toured with the Elite Concert Choir and also served as a director for the acclaimed Jenny Phillips Fireside Group, which is where she met Brooke and Sony who are two other members of Mercy River. Mercy River has been a popular staple at events such as Time Out for Women, which is where I met Whitney, and Women's Conference, and has performed all over the nation and internationally, including England, Australia, Wales, Scotland, and New Zealand. Really quick, Whitney, which one was your favorite? Oh, New Zealand, hands down. Oh, that's a dream of mine. Someday. Someday. So together... They have released and recorded six studio albums with Shadow Mountain Records. Whitney currently owns and directs a children's performance group out of her home. She has a degree in secondary education from BYU, has taught private music lessons, and has been an online teacher for two years. An online teacher school-wise or online teacher vocally? So, well, vocally, and I also teach English to Chinese kids, <laughs> just as a little part-time gig. Just because you just needed something else to do to fill your time with. <laughs> it's <laughs> just fun. That is awesome. How cool is that? So Whitney, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I talked to Brooke in another podcast and she was so fun. And she was telling me how in Mercy River, you each have taken on like a role. And she said, like, I'm the dad. I don't know what that means, but she's like the dad. Does she do like the finances or she's like the she, disciplinarian? Yeah, she's the one where when we walk into the airport, we just follow Brooke. Like I don't, I don't have to think about any of that. You know, she always has okay. gum. She always has gum. Like she's that. like the fun, the fun dad. And, yeah. and the so responsible dad. And the responsible dad. And she's like, Sony's like our child. Like we just take care of her. She's just so sweet. And she needs to, <laughs> she just follows along with like what we do. And you're the mom, you're the mom of the group. So you make sure everyone's yeah. eating healthy right. and has snacks and is practicing their songs and things yes. like that. Yes. And I'm like, are you guys buckled? Sony, put your seatbelt on, you know, <laughs> I, I guess I'm the, wor I'm pretty good at worrying. And so I do that. Okay. That's my gift to the group. That's your gift. But you know what? We need a worrier. Like moms need to be worried. Like we need to be the ones that's like, oh no, that doesn't seem safe. So, you know, the dads and the brooks <laughs> that are like hanging out the window, woohoo, you know, we have to raise right. a little. Like that's need to right. be safe. That's awesome. Okay. So you've been with Mercy River for 13 years and you've recorded six studio albums. Your your most recent one was a Christmas album that came out, which is beautiful. Was that last year or 2018 that, that so came out? So the Christmas album was actually before, I can't remember what year, what year was that? 
I can't remember. But Step Forward was our last album. So it went step Christmas forward. album. Then and then step forward. Step forward. And then last year released we we did release three Christmas songs as an Oh, EP. that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Okay, the yeah. EP last year. Okay. And which are all so beautiful. Something that's so unique to Mercy River is your harmonies. They're all of your voices are are so different and unique. You're more you have a, a bold, deep, rich voice. Brooke has it's funny because I wouldn't put your singing voices with your speaking voices, except for mm. maybe Sony's like Brooke, which she talks really loud and she's, and then she sings in a beautiful, high, soft, right. lovely voice. And it's like, Oh wait, I wouldn't have put that with her. Oh, that's And funny. so, but, but all of your harmonies are, they just work perfectly together. And even though the timber and the sounds of your voices are different, they blend so well. So when you guys first started recording, were you kind of like, Who's going to take the high part? Who's going to take the look? Was that hard to figure mm-hmm. out who was going to do what? Or was it kind of like your role as mom and dad? And ch- like, you just kind of fit into it. No, 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 no. And we didn't blend very well at the beginning either. It's something that we've had to work on. And honestly, at the beginning, it was like, let's take turns. Like you do soprano on this song and I'll do soprano on that song. And then after a couple of years, we were like, I think you sound better here always. Yes. You know, right. so we just, we just kind of experimented and then figured out where our sweet spots were. Okay. And then we just stuck with it. Awesome. And have you, do you all have the same kind of musical background and experience or has it just, is it different? Like you, you went to BYU and you studied and, and you were in the choir and it sounds like you've kind of always done music. Is it the same for mm-hmm. Brooke and Sony? Um, I think they've always They've always been singing, but I probably have the most experience with like playing the piano and writing. I've written songs since I was a girl, you know, so um, I'm probably the most musically trained, but yeah, but they have amazing gifts that that I don't have. <laughs> so absolutely. It works. We balance. It, so it works. We're not saying they don't have gifts because they're not as musically trained as you are. No, no, <laughs> no, they, but you definitely like when even on Instagram and Facebook, you show little clips of you guys rehearsing and you're always at the piano playing. Yeah. And, and I love that you always have your kids with you. There's like little munchkins running around throwing Cheerios mm-hmm. and stuff in the background. Cause you're all moms. You all have kids. How many kids do you have between all three of you? 13, I believe 13, 13 kids, but you yeah. have the majority. Yep. I have six and you have six kids. How, what has that been like as a mom? You, as I mentioned in the bio have traveled all over the world, sharing your gifts and performing has that been difficult? What do you do with your kids when you leave? How do they feel about their mom being up on stage mm-hmm. and performing and, 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 and using her gifts? How have you kind of said, this is what's important to me. And so this can be something that the whole family supports me on, or has that been a difficult thing to do? Well, it has changed over the years for sure. You know, when my kids were little, it was honestly, it was easier to leave because it was just a matter of like getting a babysitter you know, and I have a lot of family that would help out as they got older, even though they were able to be home alone and I didn't have to get a babysitter, it was harder because then I was missing like, you know, games and dances. And so at that point, 
we had to adjust. Like this is, I don't want to be off performing right now. I want to be home with my teenagers. Yes. So, and, and they've always been really supportive. I've tried to involve them as much as I can, bringing them to things, you know, um, they help out backstage, things like that. But when it got to the point in my life when I was like, oh, wait, they're going to be gone soon. And these are the things I don't want to miss. Like, this is why I'm here <laughs> on the earth, you know? Right. I, yes. I'm not really here. I mean, I do believe that singing is a mission of mine, but it's not my first mission. So yes. that's always been a priority of mine to make sure that my singing mission didn't get in the way of my mothering mission. How do you do that? I, I have been in the same boat as you. I sing and my singing career started when I was 17. And so I didn't, I wasn't married. I didn't have kids. Mm -hmm. It kind of blew up when I was really young. And then as soon as I started having kids, my record label dropped me and I didn't go back to Nashville. I didn't record any other songs. And it was weird because it was like, I was really famous and then nothing. And so over the years, I've sort of found myself again and learned that I really do it because I love it. And, and I love, I, I, I love singing. I, I, I love doing that. And I love sharing that with others and, and not for look at me or whatever, but, but genuine, genuinely, because I love blessing others with music. I think it's, it's such a beautiful way to share my testimony, but it's been, I always get the mom guilt of I'm leaving or, you know, and I, and a lot of times it's firesides and girls camps and things like that now. But what would you say to moms that feel like they have a passion for something, but they also don't want it to interfere with motherhood right now? There's a lot of, you need to put yourself first. You need to do Mm -hmm. what you love to do because if you fill your cup, then you can fill your children's cups. But if you're an empty vessel, you can't bless them. And I will be honest with you. I've actually struggled with that analogy. I, I have felt like, but Mm. we're not, we're not here to, this is my own personal opinion. It almost seems selfish to be like, well, go to the spa and go do your thing and go do whatever, because then you can pay attention to your kids. It's like, but motherhood is about sacrifice and it is about giving things up that normally I would do or want to do in order to take care of my kids. So I've actually, that's been hard for me to be like, I don't know. And I'm not saying you don't take care of yourself and you turn into just this ragamuffin. As I'm saying this, I have no makeup on. My hair's in a messy bun and I look like (laughs) (laughs) I haven't taken care of myself. I'm not saying you let yourself go, but I'm saying that I've really struggled with, well, you do what you love to do and your kids will appreciate you doing your thing and they'll learn Oh, look, mom's still doing her talent. So what do you think about that? That was a really long question. What do you think about that? (laughs) It was when you asked me like three different questions. I had all these things pop in my head. (laughs) Like I said, I always tried to make sure with Mercy River that it was in the right place in my life. And I felt like if it was that Heavenly Father would bless us. And so, you know, we're doing all the basic things, praying, seeking revelation and inspiration and Mercy River did well and things were working, but it hit a point when my kids got older that it started getting hard, like I said. And it just kind of, I just kind of realized like maybe that's because it's in the wrong place now. Okay. It wasn't as as easy. 
Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't as easy and it didn't bring me as much joy. It was more like a job, like the last couple of years. Yes. And I was like, this is not what I want Mercy River to feel like. I don't think that it's in the right place. And so that's when I really, you know, it was scary to ask Heavenly Father. And to be honest, I didn't ask him. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't ask him, but he he kept trying to talk to me. And I was like, no, I don't want to hear that. I'm good. I don't want that answer. Yes. Mm -mm. But he kept sending me like little messages like, Mercy River's in the wrong place. It needs to be bumped down a few notches. And anyway, after a long time of wrestling with that, I did realize that some changes needed to be made. And it's funny, once you turn your life over to God and you're like, okay, I surrender. We're going to do it your way. Oh, everything just feels so much better. Everything goes better. It's always better. And I think to myself every time, why do I resist it so much? I know. Why it, do we fight? Because it's we're because, afraid that it It's be. because we don't have enough faith that his ways are better. And yes. so I've been trying to work on that. But it was sad for me, very sad to slow down with Mercy River. But I had to remind myself that there's a million people that could do this job. Like, yes, it's fun to testify of Christ through music. Yes. But I'm not the only one who can do that. Right. You know? Yes, but I am the only mother of my children. I love that. Yes, that's true. You are the only one that can do fulfill that role. Yes. And so I want to make sure that I am doing that 100% focusing on that. And it was great to do Mercy River. Heavenly Father blessed that effort when it was right. Yes. When my attention needed to be, when I needed more attention on my kids than I was giving no, that sounded really bad. Um, let's erase that. No. <laughs> <laughs> As my kids got older, their needs changed. And, you know, you think you don't get sleep with little kids. No, it's with teenagers. Let me tell my you. My mom has been telling, my oldest is 11 and she's like, just you wait, like, just you wait. <laughs> she's like, you are the sweet spot right now where they all go night night at 8.30. Like they're all in bed from five to 11. They still all go to bed, maybe nine. She's like, once they hit teenagehood, she's like, you are back to being up all night. They get home at midnight. You're worrying about them. Are they going to be in a car accident? She's told me that. Yes, it's true. And so it was just like, okay, this is focus time. Someone else is going to take care of the music mission. That's going to be fine. But, you know, but this is where you need to be. And Mercy River is still here and we're still, you know, creating, but it's just not at the pace that it was. So I have never, I have never thought of it that way. Like, someone else can take over the mission, not my mission, but the mission Yes, of testifying through music. But my role is first and foremost and forever. And only I can be a mother. I've really never thought of it that way. Yeah. And music is, music is a part of my identity. Like that's never going to change. Me too. Absolutely. I can use music in a dozen different ways. Yes. And it's a, and, and it's a gift that you have been given and it's a talent and it's not giving up on that gift or talent. It's just using it, like you said, in a different way. And one of those ways that you have used it now is you teach private lessons and you have started a children's singing group 
in, in your town of Idaho. And are your kids involved? Mm-hmm. Is Was that a way for your kids to be involved in music and for you to still yes. pursue something you love but have your kids do it with you? Yes, it became a family affair at that point. A few years ago, I started to feel my heart shift and it was shifting more towards mentoring and teaching rather than being the performer and being the one on the stage. My heart was like, now it's time to train others how to do this. And so that's really where the singing group came from. It was a chance for me to use everything that I've learned and all my experience to kind of pass it along And so my heart, I love to be on stage, but my heart isn't 100% there anymore. It's like turning towards teenagers and children and trying and helping them to do the same thing. I love that. Have you seen Cars 3? Yes. (laughs) Oh, yes. That's exactly how I feel. (laughs) I am Lightning McQueen. You're Lightning McQueen. Everything in my life relates to a Disney movie in some some way. so true. And I love that. Yeah. Cruz. And, and he, he's, you know, wants one more shot at the piston cup. And, and meanwhile, he's training Cruz for her shot. And he's like, okay, now this is my chance to pass on everything I've learned to you. And, and there's something so beautiful in that, in, in it not being about you anymore. And it's not saying that you won't use your talent still, and you won't still sing and perform and do all of that, but there. I, I've recently started teaching as well. And, and having these little, you know, seven, eight, nine, 14, 15 year olds come and see the smile on their face when they hit a note or they memorize their song or they perform it in front of their family and see their family cry. Like they've never done this. They've never been able to stand up in front of someone and share their talents and the joy. And it's just these tiny little backyard recitals. And it means mm-hmm. so much to them. That has given me just as much fulfillment and excitement yeah. as performing in front of 60,000 people by myself. Right. And it's, it's still using music and it's yes. still, you know, still using it in positive ways. It just looks different than it used it to. Different. So how do we make, how do you, how do we make that transition in our lives? And, and how do you go from, this was my mission and calling to now, okay, now this looks like something else. Because when I go through a transitional time, I fall apart and I think what's wrong. And I I feel so uneasy. And when my husband goes through it, he just kind of feels unsettled and thinks, I think it's time for a change. And then he makes the darn change. I don't know how to do that. I feel like I sit on it. And like you said, I, I maybe fight the promptings a little bit and I fight it and I feel frozen with indecision. So how do you think we do that as women? Because I feel like we are always evolving and changing and becoming. And that's the purpose of life and the purpose of the gospel is progression. How do we navigate those big changes in our lives? Well, when it has to do with the gospel, for example, with like <clears throat> how my ministry has shifted a little bit, I think that we have to look at building the kingdom differently now that like even missionary work is changing, right? Totally changing. Totally. And we have to look at it like, this is why I'm here. I'm here to build the kingdom. It doesn't matter where I do that. It doesn't matter how I do that. And so if that really is your top priority, building the kingdom, then that helps a lot. You can say, this is where I need to be right now. It's not about me. It's not about like my interests or, you know, developing whatever, 
this is where I'm needed. I'm needed right here at this time. And then have hope for the future that, you know, if you don't particularly love where you're at right now, that it will change. And you may be asked to serve in a different way, to build in a different way later. So that's been really helpful for me that I'm always building. I'm trying to always build no matter where I am or what I'm doing, if I'm traveling or not, if I'm writing or not. I love that. It's like a calling, like sometimes we're in primary, sometimes we're in a relief society, sometimes we're in young women or the chorister. And, and one role is not more important than the other. They're all different, but they're all, I'm using my talents to build these little children's testimonies. And now I'm helping the teenagers navigate through all their rough waters. And, and now I'm helping sisters my age go through the struggles of motherhood and yep. that we're all helping each other. And call, that's kind of how the church works too. Yeah. And to your question about how do we transition gracefully? <laughs> like, I don't, yes. I think it's okay Help if we me. don't. I think it's okay if we don't transition gracefully. I think that's okay. fine. But I, I have this little saying on my wall that says, God is doing something great. And that's something that I do repeat over and over to myself. God is doing something great right now. And it may feel uncomfortable. It may stretch us and make us afraid a little bit. We may cry a lot, yes. but he's doing something great. So you, I just trust in the process that whatever's happening to me right now, whatever changes I'm going through, he's behind it and he's, he's going to use it. And that helps with my kids too, honestly, because as you know, sometimes watching your kids like get their hearts broken or oh, fail at something yes. is so painful. And I just, it's you, so your, painful. your first instinct is heavenly father. Why, why, why did he have to, you know, like, like my daughter just broke her foot playing volleyball. And my first instinct is why did that have to happen? My second thought is, oh, you're doing something great. Okay. Oh, I, I love that thought. If you can think he's, he's going to turn this into something he's going, because it's like the scripture when he's talking to Joseph Smith, that the very gates of hell shall gape open the way after the, know thou my son, all these things shall work together and shall be for thy good. And exactly. I've always read that, like, what do you mean? How in the world, how, how could that be for your good? But if you apply that to your life, Oh, my daughter broke her ankle and it was right when she was trying out for something. This was going to be a really big deal. Mm -hmm. Okay, actually. And you're going to do something great. My son, we had an experience this last week where he always does the same thing at recess. And we've kind of tried to encourage him to branch out and, and make new friends. He's my sweet, quiet one. And it's hard for him sometimes to go outside of his comfort zone and do new things. And, and if people ask him to play or hang out, no problem. But for him to initiate that, he just doesn't. And I have four boys. And so they're all each other's best friends. Like, I don't need to have a bunch of friends. I have my brothers, which I love. And we always say brothers before others in our household. I'm like, mm. I'm glad they're, they're your number one. I want that to always be that way. But it's important to have social skills and interact with others. So we encouraged him to look for some new friends at recess. And he came home the other day and he said, well, I asked to play wall ball at school. I don't even know what that is. Throwing a wall, a, a ball against a wall. <laughs> like, and then you catch it and you get out and it, it probably kind of like racquetball or something. Yeah. And with the cool kids, they were like the cool, the cool group. And they said, well, ask someone else. So he went and asked someone else and, and they said, well, ask someone else. And so he asked like three different boys. And finally, I guess the leader who organized it said, you can play tomorrow. And not, but we're full today. And he said, 
but tomorrow's Saturday because it was Friday. And he said, well, then, then you can ask me Monday. And so he's telling me this and I'm tearing up because this was my idea to find someone new to play with. And he gets up the courage mm. to ask them and they say no. Oh, and, wow. and he said, but the joke was on them because Monday's a holiday. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, it was Labor Day. What and, a beauty. And he, he, he had such a great attitude about it. And my reaction was, you tell them, of course I can play with you or count me in. And he's like, mom, I can't, I don't want to do that. Like barge my way. Like I'm playing no matter what you say, then that's weird. And my mama bear took over. I'm like, who are these kids that are telling you you can't play? And if they only knew what courage it took. So then he said, Mm -hmm. I said, so what did you do? And he said, well, I took a lap around the school and then I fell and twisted my ankle. Oh, darn it. (laughs) So I'm like, this is the worst thing I've ever heard. And I was just bawling. So he tells my husband this and, and he's like, you know what? We're going to invite those kids and a bunch of other kids to our house on Friday. We're going to have donuts and roast s'mores. We're going to play night games. And you're going to be the host. You're going to be the one to include everyone. And I'm like, that was such a good idea. I wish I would have thought of that. Instead, I'm just crying and getting upset. And so we did. So we had all the kids over that told him no. And he had such a great time. And it was his idea. And he became confident and he became the leader. So I love thinking like, okay, he's doing something great. Like mm-hmm. in that rejection, he learned, oh, I don't have to ask people if I can be on their team. I can be the one to be inclusive to others. And he learned such an important lesson for that. Like I'm going to be the one to always say yes when others are telling me no. Exactly. And my main goal as a mother, which I know is yours and many other mothers, is for my kids to become like Jesus, right? Yes. To become like Christ. Yes. And you can see how all of these little things are helping them to do that. And I I forget a lot. Oh, okay. Me too. We're not here for volleyball. I forgot. We're not here for <laughs> we're not here for wall ball. It's all we're not about here for wall becoming, ball. <laughs> it's that's it's, true. It's all about becoming like Christ. And so yes. all of these things he's using to that end. And I I just forget it instead. I, you know, try to be grateful, like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. You're doing what I want you to do. I forgot that you are doing what I want you to do. Yes. Oh yes. You're stretching me. Oh yes. We're here to learn and you're helping me. Now I get a learning experience. (laughs) Thank you for the learning Oh, I'm so happy right now. That's hard as a mom. Oh, it's harder as a mom to watch it. It's so hard. And like I said, he was, I know it hurt his feelings and yet he had such a good attitude, but as a mother and it's your child. And I think I'm sure that's how heavenly father feels about us watching us get hurt, watching us hurt each other, that his heart just breaks and, and is so sad watching us. So every time I think this is so hard, I think, Oh, heavenly father, but he knows what I'm feeling and it's hard for him too. And that's Mm -hmm. comforting knowing I know what you're going through. I'm here to help you through it. I'm here to make you better. I promise none of this is to make you sad or have a bad life. Men are that they might have joy. And I promise I'll help you do that. But that's hard to remember sometimes. I'm going to remember that. You're doing something great. I love that. So how do you apply that to your life when, when things are hard and when things don't go your way? How do you apply, oh, he's doing something great to your personal life? Well, it's the same for me. I, I want to become like Christ. That's why I'm here. And so I just try to trust more and worry less that that's what's happening to me. When I when I put my priorities in the right order, that brings power, which helps me become like Jesus Christ. And things are disappointing. 
things are disappointing and things are scary, but yeah, we just can't forget the ultimate goal. Like, why are we here? It's not, you know, if my business doesn't do well, it's, it's all for good. Yes. And that is hard. I think when you said, especially when my priorities are in the right order, I struggle. In fact, I told my husband the other day, I'm like, I need a life coach or a financial coach, uh, mm-hmm. a therapist, mm-hmm. someone, a secretary, a secretary. I need someone just to tell me how to do my life. Like, please just tell me what my priorities are. I need someone to tell me that for me. These are your priorities. I know motherhood, of course, but then everything else, where do I Tetris everything else in? Yeah. I don't know. I And especially this year, I felt like, poof, everything's gone out the window. Like, who knows what I should be focusing on right now? Everything right. seems so hard. So there's this, there's this, I don't know if it's a movement or, or, or kind of a, a general feeling on social media right now. And we touched on this earlier about filling your cup, filling your cup, and then you'll be able to prioritize and you'll know what to do because you're taking care of yourself. And once you take care of yourself, then you can take care of others and everyone is fulfilled. But I wonder, and this is my own personal thoughts. If, if the pendulum has maybe swung the other way, I agree that mothers are often martyrs and it's, we, we focus on ourselves last. Sometimes we can get resentful. I do everything for you. And, 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 and I don't ever want to be that way. And, and, but I wonder if maybe the pendulum has swung too far the other way that it's, well, you need to be doing all these things for you and your kids can deal with it. Like they'll just watch how successful you are and then it will motivate them to want to be successful because you are being so successful. Mm. What are your thoughts on that? Okay. So first I do want to answer, uh, I want to say a little bit about priorities. Okay. Um, This is something that has helped me and I don't know if it will help you, but there's a million things to do every day and it's like confusing and overwhelming, right? Yes. So about a year ago, I made a list on my phone. <laughs> I call it my order of operations. It's super fun. I love that. Okay. okay. So I have, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I have nine, nine items on my order of operations. And I have to do these nine items in the morning before I do anything else. And they can be done in any order. Okay. So can some you examples. Share what some, yeah, yes. yeah. Yeah. So I have um, exercise. I have pray, read my scriptures. I meditate. Um, I had to put shower on there because I wasn't always getting ready. And yeah. I was like, I, this is no, I, I don't want to be in my pajamas all day. So I wrote down, you have to take a shower. You have to shower. Um, I love that. Cause when it, there, it really is truth to, if you look good, you feel good and not stage ready all the time. But if you look presentable, yes. you're ready yep. to tackle your day. Exactly. And then I also have, um, Budgeting, I don't, I just spend some amount of time on my finances, whether it's like pay one bill or look at my bank account. It was just, that was getting a a problem for me. So I put it in my order of of operations and then make dinner. So that's my list. Yes. I In the morning. mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, and your list will look completely different from mine, but those were the areas that I was slipping in. And I thought I have to spend my day first on these things. Cause right now these are the most important. Does that make sense? Yes. So the, it, and so that may, whatever else gets done in the day doesn't matter. And that may look different a year from now, but once I have those things done, then I work on my calling. Then I work on my business. Then I work on 
you know, my volunteering, things like that. But okay. if I know that those things are getting done every single day, oh, it's yes. so much better. It's so much better. So what time can I ask what time you go to bed and what time you wake up? Oh, oh I go to bed things. early. Well, I go to bed around 1030. I wake up early, but that's to teach. I do exercise in the morning, but I can get my whole list done sometimes by 11, if not noon. So, and I'm lucky that I get to stay home. I know that not everyone can stay home. Yes. But, but your, your order of operations could be in the afternoon or it could be before you go to bed. But that okay. is something that has helped me every single day. Are you spending time on what is most important right now? So that has really helped me. Okay. And then what about, do you feel like that's, what about taking care of yourself before? Okay, because so, even yeah. all of that seems like it's still, that's family focused, right? Well, here's, Besides yes, this is how exercise and shower. Okay. I think that self-care has been mislabeled. A lot okay. of times we throw around the world's, the word self-care as if it means do something fun for yourself, yeah. right? Right. Which is important, obviously. Everyone needs yes. to have fun. But I think self-care truly is filling your cup like centered around Jesus Christ. So are you reading your scriptures? Are you going to the temple? Are you writing in your journal? Are you getting rest? Are you eating healthy foods? Are, that to me is self-care, not like pedicures and movies. Those things are fun and important, but I think true self-care is helping yourself feel better and become a better person. That's what makes you feel good. Yes. And, and not at the expense of your kids, right? Like not, I'm going to ignore you. You know what I mean? And, and, and I think that's, and I'm not saying that moms do that at all. And I may get a lot of flack for this conversation, but that's, that was my biggest thing is that I, I just get uncomfortable or feel uneasy when it's, but, but you don't need to, you don't need to worry about that as much. Like, I don't know, your kids will be fine when you're out and about and doing other things. And I'm not saying that that's not important or you shouldn't do that because I think that taking a mini vacation for yourself is, mm -hmm. is needful and to replenish your mental sanity and, and to ease stress in your life and to just find some people just, they, they're like, I just need to find myself again. I just need like a weekend getaway. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I, I just felt, un feel uncomfortable when I see the idea of you don't have to, you don't have to sacrifice because I feel like that is, that is parenthood and motherhood. Like you do, you do sacrifice. You do make sacrifices. We would probably still be singing on stages and traveling the world. You know what I mean? If it weren't for our role as mothers, mm -hmm. but, but that's, that isn't what I want to be doing. And it's not what I can be doing right now because the fact is I am a mother. I do have kids that are looking to me to be with them and raise them. And like you said so beautifully at the beginning is anyone can fill that role, influencer, singer, yep. but, but no one can fill your role as a mother. No one else can exactly. take place. I listened to a talk by President Nelson in October of 2016. It's called Joy and Spiritual Survival. I just listened to this on Sunday and it's, it relates so well to this time and what you were saying about focusing on Jesus Christ. It, how can we have joy and, and feel like we're surviving during this time when mm -hmm. there's so much uncertainty and it's so hard. And, and he, he said, you know, Saints can be happy under every circumstance. He says we can feel joy even while having a bad day, a bad week, 
or even a bad year. The joy we feel has little to do with the circumstances of our lives and everything to do with the focus of our lives. Do you feel like having your order of operations include meditation or pondering in scripture study has helped refocus your life towards Jesus? 100%. 100%. Yep. Because now I, I have a plan and I know that the most important things are being taken care of because that's the stress I think that we feel like when we get really busy, we're like, oh my gosh, I haven't read my scriptures today, or I haven't done my ministering and um, our finances are all over the page. And all of that is connected spiritually, right? Yes. <laughs> Everything yes. is. Finances affect you spiritually. Yes. Um, food affects you spiritually. All of these things. And the, just the way that your your home is being run. I have s- teenage boys that need food and cooking and food is not my jam. Yeah, <laughs> but I made it a priority. Like you, this is your role right now. You are you're nurturing these boys through food. Yes. So I do feel like taking care of yourself by prioritizing your time and getting support where you need from friends or you know wherever you need to get your support. Yes, will really help you feel better and bring that spirit, the spirit that you need. Perfect. So how have you? experience joy during this time with all this uncertainty. I will tell you how I've experienced joy. If 2020, (laughs) if 2020 has taught us anything, it's that nothing is certain. Yes. You know, everything is temporary. It's just like anything can be taken away. Your health can be taken away. Your money can be taken away. Your job, you know, peace, national peace. It's just like everything feels so fragile. Yes. And I can't tell you how much peace and comfort I've gotten knowing that God never changes. So no matter what, no matter what, you know, happens in the nation, no matter what happens to us physically or financially, God never changes. And what a relief that is. You know, my oldest is a senior. So we're going through all the emotions of our family changing. Yes. And he's going to leave and then that's going to feel different. But I'm just so grateful that God is my constant. He never changes. And I've just been clinging to that, honestly. Like, it doesn't matter. Whatever happens is fine. It's It might be sad. It might be disappointing. But I. But God will never change. He's always there. And thank heavens that we have something. Thank, thank heavens. That is, that's beautiful. Elder Holland said, I'm going to butcher this quote. But it's it's basically like when the world turns upside down and, and things are just crazy with the gospel of Jesus Christ, nothing can ever go permanently wrong. Oh, and maybe, yes. it was, maybe it was President Hinckley. I thought maybe Elder Holland quoted President Hinckley. I can't remember. I'll look it up and find it. Okay. It's from President Howard W. Hunter. And he said, if our lives are centered in Christ, nothing can go permanently mm-hmm. wrong. I'm aware that life presents many challenges, but with the help of the Lord, we need not fear. Again, if our lives and our faith are centered on Jesus Christ and the restored gospel, nothing can ever go permanently wrong. And that's been helpful for me to remember this year too, is that even though things are temporarily wrong and they feel, things just feel uneasy and weird and that, oh, but, and I think that's been the message of our 
apostles and prophet throughout this whole pandemic and throughout this whole year is you can still have joy. You can still have peace. Nothing is going, it's not going to stay like this forever. And by the way, we're getting ready for the coming of the savior. And so we shouldn't be surprised when we see things happening and and things shifting and changing because we are preparing for something wonderful to happen. And, and there's going to be a lot of growth and a lot of changes that need to take place. And it's okay. It's all, it's all good. It's all going to be great. That's right. You know, change and loss a lot of times can feel like, um, like identity loss, like you're losing yourself, but when you're rooted in, in Jesus Christ, nothing can touch you. And so I think that's the key. I love that. When you're rooted in Jesus Christ, nothing can touch you. And again, that's something that we know and that we've been told a hundred times. And it's easier to hear it than to really, if we let the truth of that sink in, I think we would walk around with the most confidence and faith in the world. Exactly. Exactly. If we really truly understood what that meant. Yep. Well, Whitney, thank you so much for coming on my podcast today and for all of the good that you are doing through the lives of your children, your singing group through Mercy River, sharing your testimony. The biggest takeaway I've I've had today is how no one can do what we do. And whether you're a mother, a father, whether you're a teacher, whether you're whatever calling that you have right now in your life that the Lord has given you aunt, grandma, a a teenager that's trying to figure things out. That's an example to her friends that no one can be you and do what you do. And to trust that you've been given talents and gifts that no one else has. And that if you turn to Jesus Christ, that he will help you use them in the best way possible. Yes. Thank you, Carmen. If you would like to listen to more Doing Good podcasts, download the Our Turtle House app. Tell your friends and family. You can hear more from amazing guests like Whitney. We are so grateful that you listened today. If you have suggestions of someone that you know that is doing good, please send them to us. You can DM us on Instagram, Jumping Turtle, or me, Carmen R. Herbert, on Instagram. We would love to know who you think is out there doing good. I'm Carmen Herbert. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to this episode of Doing Good with Carmen Herbert, available exclusively inside Our Turtle House. At Our Turtle House, there's something for the whole family. From full-length talks that you can't get anywhere else from some of your favorite speakers, to fun family home evening lesson plans that follow the Come Follow Me curriculum. There's even short daily devotionals made specifically for your teens. Plus, you can get two months free when you sign up for an annual plan. Just go to OurTurtleHouse.com to get started. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you back here for another episode of Doing Good next week.